Welcome back, Slackers. I'm excited to tell you that this week will be a little different, but we're still coming to you. I apologize for it being a little bit late, but we've got a pre-recorded episode back from the beginning of 2019 where we have some fun conversations about bikes that are already released, bikes that uh, we were excited for, uh, including the Rocket 3, the Scrambler 1200, and the new Livewire. Uh, since then, we've had more reviews and more discussions in previous episodes about this, but wanted to make sure we didn't miss an episode and got it out to you. We also talk about motorcycle safety and a few other uh, trip planning techniques and things like that. Kind of a, a fun episode as we were getting our feet wet in podcasting, but uh, Brad and I are both excited to still get an episode out. So enjoy and uh, look forward to talking again with you next week. Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles in the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Hey, Brad, did you read any of the articles I sent you? Of course I did. I always read the articles you sent me, except for the last one, I only read half of it. Oh, that's terrible. I'm just being honest. Not convinced this is the best way to start the podcast, but we'll figure something out. Yeah, it's 2019 now. 2019, is it? It's like two weeks in. We're pretty bad about recording these lately, but... It's been a little bit of a break. Thankfully, they're not released. It's been a bit of a break. We'll release them all, and when we release them all, we'll have plenty in this initial backlog to make sure we have no gaps. So, we'll be fine. Just never say the actual date, and they won't know that it was recorded two years ago. First quarter, 2019. What are you doing? I think we can make that. That's a big enough goal I think we can hit. Okay. Oh, anyway, how's, uh, how's the new year going for you? It's been going really good. Doing fun? Oh, well, started uh, getting in on my projects. So I've got that KLR 250 that we've talked about in the past. And so went out and bought a Mojave 250 for parts. Horrible for parts, but maybe a future project. And then I started tearing into the KLR. Found out that the intake cam has a flat spot, so i got to dig a little deeper and figure out if there's anything else going on. I'm pretty sure that's not the noise that uh, I've been hearing. Okay. Yeah, last time you you were telling me you found out it had a flat spot. Have you gotten any further than that? It's been a good weeks, I guess, since we talked about it. Yeah, but not on here. Well, no. Yeah, it's been longer than that since we talked about it on here, but it's been a week since you and I have no, talked. No, I haven't done anything Is there any news? I don't know. No, no. Okay. Nothing. Have you gotten any deeper into the, the quad? Uh... Took just, off all of the plastics that are Frankenstein and horrible and dreaming. I don't know what I'm going to do. Now you turn were, it into a all-terrain vehicle for my son. I don't know. I say you make a, a Mad Max escape vehicle, an apocalyptic terrorist vehicle. You know, we were working on the other, what is this, a few months back, we were working on sheet metal forming. I, I think we just hit crap with hammers and you end up with Mad Max. Yeah, you make, right. you make fenders with hammers and... You can spray paint them a rust and dirt using that airbrush you got. I didn't get an airbrush. You got an airbrush. So what have you been up to then, if that's the case? Uh, yeah, JT1 wheels. The rear wheel's looking good. Got it all. You molasses did? Yeah, so I don't remember That what... was wild. So it turned out pretty good. It worked out, yeah. Most of the rust, you know, cleared up. All the big stuff cleared up. There's obviously spots that were pitted bad enough that... They quickly re-rusted, um, so kind of cleaned that up and immediately put the rust sealer on. 
the okay. rust converter on it. Okay. So now there's a whole bunch of just, you know, milky black spots all in the in- inner rim, but it's the inner rim, so there's really no, you know, appearance issues with that, and it'll all be sealed in a tube and tire. So the exterior's in pretty good shape, though. Exterior turned out great. See. Yeah, none of the, the you know, the Willy Well chrome stuff, the stuff that was kept remotely clean because sure. it was visible and not inside the tire, you know, had, had slight rust, but nothing that pitted beyond the chrome finish, so... Only to polish it pretty good and make sure it's got a nice protective coat on top, but uh, it hasn't re-rusted at all. Uh, it's done pretty well. So I've got to bought a truing stand. Did I tell you that? I don't know if I told yeah, you. Well, that. you had it on your desk. You oh, didn't yeah, tell me. True. You just let me look at it, and then you found it. That was it. Um, so I got a truing stand. So I got to true the tires, and then I'll true the the uh, the IT175s tires, and then plan on actually putting new shoes on the Scrambler for. It's up on the market for sale, but. I think having older tires on it isn't going to be a good selling point. So I can put new shoes on myself with that, that balance stand now. Mm. And should give it a little bit better appeal as well as should I want to trade it in. They'll have much less to, you know, that was one of the items they would definitely knock off for pricing. So so did you set it up yet, though? The stand? Yep. Yeah. How, did it How did it look? Look fine. What brand uh, was it again? Relatively true. It was a Bike Master. Okay. Gets pretty good reviews. I was between so that and the Motion name, Pro. something familiar. Yeah. I mean, it's still cheap motorcycle mm-hmm. tools. Of course. But it's cheap enough, or it's popular enough that there's some standardization. It's clearly Chinese-made, but it's, you know, of good quality Chinese-made. On par with the ratings for... So I was looking at that, Motion Pro. Right. And a couple of Venom and a couple other little Chinese manufacturing ones that have been imported motion pro looked much more convenient and easier to store but it ended up both on amazon as well as many of the motorcycle websites revzilla motorsport dennis kirk those places sure ended up having worse reviews so i decided for the same money i'd go with the the bike master seems to be kind of that tried and true basically it's just a an axle shaft on on uh, bearings okay the motion pro was kind of its own internal bearing system on a shaft so it it relied on its own kind of system as well as the wheels bearings uh this one you really i don't have to remount the bearings before i test it i can just mount it up without bearings as it is and actually drew it out so it's a pretty good setup i think it'll work fine i got no problems it'll you, you know, didn't put anything on it and it'll be in no i haven't trued anything what? i don't have i don't have a smoke wrench so that's in the mail it's okay. on its way that tires that that wheel's ready to be trued. Uh, the front is still soaking. Every now that I'm confident that it works, I soaked the front tire for the JT one. Okay. Because I didn't want to do them both at once in case I had to buy a replacement because somehow this rotted them out or did something stupid. But it seemed to work great. So that one's soaking. Um, I pulled out. You know, when I prepped them for that, I pulled out the bearings, and everything, repacked those. So they're ready to be reassembled, and I need to buy tires. I've been. Waiting a little while, probably wait next February. I'll probably buy the tires for it. And mount those up. Engine's clean and ready. So, kind of getting ready for reassembly. Paint the frame and start putting it back together. Mm-hmm. So, sweet. Can't wait to see. There's a little bit of progress on that. Yeah, I can feel. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel on that one. Yeah, kind of been yeah, slow three going. Month project three years in. Yeah, well, yeah. not that bad. Well, okay, fine. Not even a year in. That's pretty good for me. But, we won't uh, talk about any of my projects. That yeah, that's fair. But no, I, I'm excited about that one. Cool. I want to get that one done. Um, so my wife has a scooter. Get that out the door. Scrambler out the door. Get that one done and get then the, a scooter. Get the IT175 done. So it's kind of the succession. I'll go that. Yeah. 
What do you have to do to get that going? The IT? No, the scooter. You brought uh, it up. Nothing. Hard to clean up the fuel and okay. replace the filter. The line was cracked and leaking. Battery? Uh, yeah, it needs a battery. I guess that's... that's uh, I refuse to buy one until I'm ready to sell it because it's not going to get ridden much. You're not going to ride it? I've ridden it around. I took it to the hardware store. It's kind of fun to ride. But definitely tops out at 30. Yeah. That's okay. not a joke. When they... I think you take it for a 15-minute ride, at least on a scooter, for, in, in my opinion. And then you want to get back on your bike. Your yeah. normal motorcycle. Yeah. It, it was the, fun the to go to the hardware store. It's store. interesting. You did it. You made sure that you were wearing your sunglasses so nobody could recognize you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I'm telling you. That's how you do it. Nah, I don't mind. Okay. Okay. It's fun to ride. Okay. But I have no use for it. And since Kelly doesn't want it anymore, it's going to go. That's fair. Got That's a great fair. deal on it. I'll get what I paid for and move on. I'm not too worried. Sure. Um, yeah. Any other news? In the life mm-hmm. of Brad? Not that I can think of right now. All right. I'll bring it in if we've got uh, some areas where it makes sense. All right. Yeah. Now I'm concerned. You should be. Uh, All right. This is how we roll. So we went over, I, I sent you a couple articles. I don't know if you had a chance to go through them. Sounds like you did. I think we mentioned that. I don't know if that was in the yeah, beginning. It's not like I would do that at work anyway. Yeah, that's true. Why would you read at work? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you sent them to me at work. Hey, don't worry. I sent some last week. You could have read them at home. I did, right. I, yeah, we're good. We're good. You have lunch uh, time, so it helps. One of the items that I, I found intriguing, at least, looks like Triumph's going out with a bunch of stuff. Sent a little bit more specifics on the uh, Scrambler 1200 that I know I've mentioned before, thinking that it could be a hell of a bike. Mm-hmm. From what it sounds like, it sounds like it's going to be a hell of a bike. Naked uh, naked touring bike. Looks like it's on par with the small, you know, the the what F800 BMW, the, the small, you know, Tiger 800 is kind of on par with the mid-weight adventure bikes. Sure. Um, you know, I don't know. Even though it's a 1200, I don't know that it's on par with the Tiger 1200 or the GS 1200. But it's a naked sport bike or adventure bike. That's a little different. No okay. fairings, no wind protection. But mm-hmm. it's got a, got a lot of low-end grunt, pretty good low-end torque. Mm-hmm. And looks like it's set up pretty well, too. You know, it's got, I think, the off-road edition has enough ground clearance. I think it's about an inch more than the GS. It's like 9.7 or something. Okay. Um, not enough one. to convert you. Though. No, I want one. I just you don't. want one more than other bikes that are on your wish list. Yes. Really? Yeah, okay. I would pick that over any other adventure bike right now. I, we're not talking adventure bikes only. We're talking about all bikes in general. Over the XSR. No, because I'm not willing to spend fifteen five right now. It is pricey. They've uh, they've put that premium price tag on it, and that's the big concern. However, if you're looking at like a GS twelve hundred, a Tiger twelve hundred, uh, Super Ten, if you're looking at a Yamaha Tenere or an Africa Twin, it's sure. kind of on par with those prices. Yeah, there's just so many bikes under ten. I mean, that's what we've talked about. Yes, in the past. so agreed. You know, if we're talking our five that we talked about before, then I think it's a great bike, and it would be in my list for touring slash adventure slash commuter. Right, right. It would it would cover check three boxes very well. It's more bike than mine, with similar styling as mine, a good loud pipe like mine. It would basically be the upgrade of my bike currently. Wait, 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 wait. But you've upgraded your bike. So yes. you're telling me that you would take this other bike, no upgrades, no exhaust. It doesn't need it. It might need exhaust. So now you're adding to it. Yeah, you're at 15.5 plus I would do that to most what? bikes. If I've got five bikes, I'm more than willing to make a lot more changes. 
Why not? I okay. Okay, I've just been listening to you no, offline. At the end, if we and go it sounds like you don't want a bike that you you don't want a bike to customize. You've got these JT ones, you got the IT, you got I mean all these other bikes that you're going to be working yes. on. You don't want to be doing this to a daily rider. That's fair. So now, it nor have, should an, an adventure bike be that, but it could be. Yes. Well, and so I guess that's the difference. Is Triumph in 2020? Triumph set up. I don't know if this was in any of the things I sent you, but they're setting up a custom parts, their own custom aftermarket. I mean, they are, yeah, it's hard to explain because they already do it, just like Yamaha and everybody else does. Mm-hmm. But they're setting up a new way to sell their custom aftermarket components. Okay. And so this bike has a Vance and Hines exhaust system you can put on factory mm-hmm. with full warranty, full everything by doing that upgrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, you can buy it with the bike from day one, this package. Sure. So it would have better grunt. It would be that upgrade that I'm looking for. Right. Now, that being said, yeah, fully optioned in the way I'd want, that bike's more like 17.5 than 15.5. Yeah, but I love the way your bike sounds. Agreed. I don't, I don't see another bike topping that. I mean, really, you I don't have either. an awesome sound. Yeah, I agree. That Scrambler 900 is, is awesome. I agree. Anybody that I know loves being right behind you while we're riding. I have gotten that comment before. I've also gotten the opposite, that it's really annoying to be riding behind me. One guy out of 20. Yeah. Uh, most most of these GS riders <laughs> okay. 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 Didn't, didn't want to be behind me. Yeah. Thankfully, on that trip, we had one guy with a, I don't remember which model of Harley, but that thing was ridiculously loud, so I got... Yeah, you know, I got trumped by that, and I was okay being wherever I wanted because no one wanted to be behind him. So worked out okay. Sure. But, uh, yeah, it's it sounds good, but it's a lot on a long trip. That's fair. I don't mind. <laughs> You're in front of them. I'm in front of the pipes, and yeah. I can put plugs in, and it's sure. just not a big deal. But I hear on long trips, it's, it's a lot to take. But uh, I like that's the new scramble I like. I would totally, that, that is in the five options. Yeah, what about this rocket? Yes, I thought that was interesting. I didn't hadn't been keeping up with Triumph as much as in the past. Didn't know they were going to re-release the Rocket Three. Mm-hmm. Already, it's a badass bike, so it's sure. kind of put in that market with the Diavel, with the V Max, mm-hmm. and kind of itself. I think that there's I'm sure that other manufacturers have these power cruisers or whatever they right. want to call them. These right. really high horsepower choppers, um, or I guess the Diavel is not really a chopper, but big, heavy, high horsepower bikes. Uh, this new one seems like it's going to be the self-proclaimed king. So where does that fit in? Where do you think that bike fits in? We've got well, cruisers. Market. We've got, I mean, you've got long-distance touring, cruisers, yes. short-term. Where do you see this bike fit? I think that bike is a long-distance slash cruiser. I think it's a tourer slash cruiser. I would tour on it in a heartbeat. It's got more than enough power. I'd actually be curious to see how... How much it takes to get to this horsepower range? I mean, it's before it's about a one sixty something horsepower, and mm-hmm. they were talking a buck eighty something. Yeah, that's what I remember in the article. They're upping it to, you know, basically right now the current one is just below the Diavel. It came out the Ducati came and one upped the current uh, Rocket Three for horsepower. Mm-hmm. Was still on par for torque on the two. Sure. Um, in fact, I think the Rocket Three has more torque, being a triple, but. This new one now gets an extra 20 horsepower or so above the Ducati and 80% higher torque, I think is what the article is Which is unbelievable, but, it, but it's also a pretty heavy-looking bike. I can't remember the specifications for I'm it. I'm sure it will be. I think the current one is ballpark 700 pounds. Now, we're talking about the Rocket. Have you heard of Mark Holmes? Mark Holmes, no. So he toured around the world on a Rocket. 
That was his tour okay. bike of choice. That's why I was curious to see where you saw that fitting in. Because I think a lot of people would look at a very large bike like that and go, no, that doesn't make sense. I'm just speculating, though. I think highway, I mean, that's what those big bikes, big balloon tires, that's what they're for. It's, that's Harley's meat, right? That's what. No, they but do. you see a lot more people going towards the BMWs for these touring, long distance, traveling around the world. We're going to ship it over to Africa. Sure. We're going to ship it to South America. We're going to whatever it may be. It's not usually a Triumph rocket, nor do I typically hear Triumph at all in that conversation. But a lot of people are leaning in on the BMWs, so that's why I was curious. That's fair. I've heard a lot of Bonnevilles toured. It's not a big okay. bike. The new 1200, I think, is more suited for that. Sure. Not necessarily a Scrambler, but the Bonneville, the Speedmaster, those, that new 1200 series. Uh, the Rocket, yeah, for me, it would definitely be, I would tour on it. I, I don't know that I'd buy it. I'm pretty I know, sure. it's not on your five bike list. I, I mean, nor is it on your only one bike list. Correct. Uh, the chopper market for me is not a priority. My five bikes in one way or another, meet all of the checkboxes for each version of bike, right? Sure. Each box that you might want to compartmentalize a bike. But for me, my current bike has a chopper sound to it. That is a chopper enough for me, right? Mm-hmm. The 1200 with Vance and Hines pipes, the Scrambler 1200 would check that box. And I wouldn't need a specific, a specific, you know, a Pacifica? chopper. Yeah, a Chrysler Pacifica or a Honda Pacific Coast Okay, to do that. Um, <laughs> thanks, Brad. But, uh, you know, I, I don't need a, necessarily a Harley in the garage. I don't mind Harleys. I don't. Especially the newer ones. That new Street Fighter looks awesome. I would check the box similar to this Rocket 3. Mm-hmm. Touring slash a little bit faster slash cruiser. That, that means checks the box for me. I don't need, I need... I need a twin or, I guess in this case, a triple as we're talking about the Rocket 3. Mm-hmm. Something that's loud and mean. That's yeah. a cruiser. Yeah. That's a that's yeah. chopper slash cruiser for me. That's what makes it. That's the only thing that draws me right yeah. now, honestly, to a Harley even, is the sound. It's got that badass, yeah. loud, and yeah. mean it just, grunt. It catches my attention. I love to to hear something yep. with a little bit of rumble that's being a little bit of an outlaw. Awesome. I agree. Awesome. I love that part. And that's that, one thing that a sport bike does not give me to. Correct. Probably. I hear a sport bike going down the road, and I don't necessarily turn my head unless I'm irritated by it. Right. Now, hearing your bike as the Scrambler or others that have that low-end, torquey grunt, oh. I want to see what it is. Yeah. I want to see what what is that bike. I like that sound. Yeah. And truth be told, more often than not, it's a Harley. Yeah. I'll give it to him. I'm not a Harley guy. I don't own a Harley, and it's not really on my short list, but it's got the sound, man. Mm -hmm. And if one, you know, if one fell in my lap, I wouldn't get rid of it. No, I, I would ride the would. crap out of it. So it's not. You'd wear your sunglasses and nobody would know who no, you I'm are. Happy to, but yeah, I don't know that I'd go buy all the gear. I wouldn't turn to that guy. I mean, what would be the one bike that you would not want to be seen riding? The Pacific Coast? Oh, no. That's so practical. It is. Think of the grocery runs. It is. And I think when somebody on it, it would actually probably even out. Or if you were on a long tour, maybe. But I, I'm too weird, man. I'd ride anything. Two wheels, I'd be on it. Okay, okay. I, I don't know. What's a bike you wouldn't ride? That's a good question. I wouldn't not ride anything. I think. The, uh, now the scooter or something. Yeah, the times yeah. that I've taken it for a ride, sunglasses on, nobody could tell. Who I am was. scootered out. Having yeah. this one scooter, I've got enough scooters for my lifetime. And if you love them, whatever. 
And if I lived in the si- middle of the city, I'd probably have one because you can throw them over your shoulder and carry them up to your apartment. Mm-hmm. I don't. And sure. Everywhere I go requires a freeway, and a scooter has no use for that. Sure. Truth be told, I have very little use other than a dirt bike or a pro- you know a fun project like my IT. I don't have much use for anything smaller than a 500. And I know mm-hmm. that worldwide markets go into smaller displacements, but for me, that's five to nine. What's your dirt bike? My dirt bike's a 360, but it's a two-stroke. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. My dirt bike puts that's out fair. over 50 horses, which yeah. is on par with what the Scrambler puts out. So there's a... That's you know, a kind of sad. It's a different torque. Just curve. saying. It's the torque on the Scrambler comes in immediately and and much quicker mm-hmm. and uh, and a little harder. But once you get in the pipe, that that uh, that KTM will go. So it's... You know, I don't, I don't need a small... Bike. I just I'm on the freeway too much. So we're on the topic of CCs. I mean, how does an electric bike fit into this? Again, I I, I ride too far than too long for what we currently have. Um, so we're talking about the Rocket Three, right? Mm-hmm. It's sure. I think it's a good tour. Okay. I think the new one's going to be great. But on that same subject, we're talking about Rocket Three being kind of your Harley killer that yeah. Triumph has. Sure, sure. You're talking about electric bikes. There's a live wire. Yeah, yeah. Now, I realize I just kind of took your segue and you took a different direction. I understand that. But uh, I can't <laughs> let people tell me where to talk. <laughs> but that that goes right at... Sorry, when you mentioned electrics, that's exactly what I thought about. And I I can't. It doesn't have the range still. I need 200 it depends. miles. It depends on how much I'm paying for it versus what I can actually do with it. Now, did you read any articles on the live wire? I have read articles. Did you on see the, the price they're asking? Yeah, something under three thirty thousand, right? Yeah, $29,000 like $29, $29. or something like that. Even if it's twenty six, I'll, I'll give you that. Even if it's there, but to me that we've talked <laughs> for a hundred mile range, possibly we still hundred and ten miles of urban driving range, and we don't know what that means. I think is the big yes. Thing. What does that mean? Is that the combined <sighs> range? I still love the look of the bike, but I think that that was a shot in the foot. I really don't see that being something that helps them out. If their intent is to say, we've got the premium Tesla, if you will, in quotation marks, sure, that's that's you. But I'm going to go over here and I'm going to buy the Zero or some other bike for a significantly less amount of money. I see an electric bike as your daily commute bike. I see it under $10,000. Well, but and then just, it makes sense. You you can add some premium features to that. Sure, we can get up towards fifteen, but I don't see it being anything more than that. So to put it at the same cost as an electric car, no, no, I can't handle that. So who's buying electric bikes, Brett? In your mind, what's the market for the electric bike? What kind of rider is buying an electric bike? And we're talking all electric bikes, right? I know Atlas is gone, but Zero Atlas Brahma past, present, and future who are buying these electric bikes? What kind of rider? I don't know. I haven't... I don't I don't know many people. So who do you think is riding these bikes? I think it's going to be people in a, in a relatively small town that... Or not a small town, but a large town that aren't going to be traveling a long distance okay. for their commuting, running around potentially. It's kind of a scooter killer? Yeah. And if that's the case, then that's... I'm down with that. I, maybe if I was a scooter buyer, I'd and granted the price difference is like you said astronomical between a scooter mm-hmm. and an electric bike. But if they were the same price, I would immediately say no to a scooter mm-hmm. and get the electric bike. 
But, uh, but but range, we're concerned. You say that you're concerned about range, but we're talking about a motorcycle. We're not talking about a car. I think a lot of us, or, or some of us, may understand that it takes a car a long time to charge. I have an electric vehicle. It takes 20 hours at least, uh, you know, 110 voltage outlet voltage in order to be able to charge up the battery so I can keep going. But on a motorcycle, we're talking significantly less amount of stored energy just based on the sheer volume that you're available to package that energy okay. within. So at what point is a charge, how, how long of a charge is okay? It takes how long to refuel? Obviously, this is a lot less to refuel, but we're saying yeah, but maybe a, six minutes. On a group ride, I won't generally tour solo, and I wouldn't on an electric bike anyway. Sure. You're probably talking 10 to 15 minutes per stop, minimum. Sure. So you can opportunity charge. It's not enough, I wouldn't say, to be able to charge the battery. From I think you nothing. Can, most of these are getting eighty uh, percent in that twenty to thirty minute range. It depends if you. It depends on the voltage and amperage that you're charging sure. at. Sure. Now, if we're charging at one ten voltage, you know, out of the wall, that's going to be a lot longer time frame of charging as opposed to a DC fast charger at three hundred and fifty volts or that's something fair. along those lines. Because I'm able to charge my car in forty five minutes at that. 350 volts but at 110 it's going to take me 20 hours no that's fair so now it's availability of fast charging on a ride because if i could charge it in 15 minutes which i think you'd be able to do with a dc fast charger okay if you could charge it in 15 minutes now you got to have charging stations throughout the united states or at least in the area that i want to ride i don't care if they're somewhere i don't ride to shut this down I can agree with you that an electric bike wouldn't generally be your touring choice. Right. You're not going to tour on it. So to answer my own question, if who would, I think I think the people buying these bikes are your daily riders. I think this is the person, like you said, small, big city, small area, going to run to the store, going to run to work, going to run to the gym and come home. Right. Right. They're putting on 15 miles a day in the normal commute around the city and they're coming home. That's your market. I also think living maybe a little further away, but just commute to work and back. Commute to the coffee right shop and back. Mm-hmm. Go wherever you're going for your local just onesie twosies jumps. At least that's what I would use it for. I want a bike that I could commute to work and back. That I can go to, you know, CC Motors and go to Two Stroke Coffee for a swap meet. Sure. You can do these things. Just get there on basically free gas. Very little maintenance. Sure. Oil changes on bikes are not cheap whether you're doing it yourself or paying the exorbitant dealership prices. Mm-hmm. It's not cheap to do this maintenance. And those electric bikes, you got to chain. You got to plug it in. That's about it. Right. Not a lot else going on. And, you know, sooner or later, they're probably going to be direct drive motors. The price is going to significantly drop. And then I think it'll open it up. And they're also going to improve the battery technology and what they can sure. throw in there. The technology's there for a lot better range, but it's cost that's driving a lot sure. of things. On a $30,000 bike, I would expect the range I would to be about twice as much as yep. what they stated. I mean, yeah, to get to the, to round out the live wire, I agree. I was shocked at the price tag and on the same mileage you're getting out of a zero. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get the fully optioned zero with the touring package ready to go. I think that's like seventeen grand. What was it? The Harley Connect is what they were trying to tout in yes. one of the articles. So apparently, as, it's got a, as its premium feature that's driving the. I, I don't see that. Uh, to me, that that's going to be a standard feature on motorcycles in the near future. Yeah, a year later, all Harleys are going to have that. Yeah. 
and everybody else can have their own version. Triumph already does. I don't know if you read far enough into the. I think they all are kind of on the scramblers. They're they're uh, front runner for this new one that connects to GoPro, connects to your phone's GPS, connects to all these things immediately, and puts them all right on your dash. Okay. Which is for better or worse, very connected, and that's kind Mm -hmm. of what Harley says they're touting. Triumph's going to release it a year earlier, and. Harley can't put a ten thousand dollars. It was interesting. The one article you on brought on, I think, stated that Harley was the first one to do this. But anyway, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I'm not convinced on a live wire. I like the idea, and if you're a Harley rider and you're wanting to spend big money to have, you know, I'm sure it'll be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Every little bolt is going to be Harley have an Harley emblem, have a Harley emblem on it. Every little piece is going to be set up. Oh, fit, to, finish should be uh, to be amazing. Perfect. And I don't, I don't know. So if all you want is an electric bike to go to all your your lawyer friends and show them that you have an awesome electric bike, then you're going to buy that bike. They'll sell a handful. Sorry, lawyer friends. That's one of the larger demographics that ride Harleys. Okay. Despite the image it has due to media, the demographic of buying Harleys is often businessmen. So it's an interesting... uh, yeah, dilemma there. So I think they're, they're catering to that audience. Sure. It'll be a nice bike, but we'll see. You've been watching the Dakar? I have not. Have you? Yeah. I saw well, the article, and then that's the one that I didn't read. We don't have TV, so I can't watch it live, but I've been watching a lot of clips and recaps. Have you ever watched the Dakar? No, I haven't, I actually. threw that at you just to see if it was something you've ever been into. No, I've never been into it. I thought it was interesting. The one thing that I thought was interesting on it, and that probably the only thing that I have to say about it, unfortunately, is that not all of the miles that they travel are actually race miles. How does that work out? Are you talking about the between-leg miles? Yeah, so wouldn't you, they're intentionally going from one section. I, I, I didn't understand that. Why would you have sections that you don't actually ride? And how does that work out? It's So Dakar used to be pretty historic where it was the same... From France to Africa, same same course for years and years. Right. And due to some security issues and safety concerns, it's kind of changed. Right. I saw that this was the shortest late, yeah. ever Dakar that they've had. So now they kind of pick a new place and kind of change it up a little bit. So it depends. Sometimes they're just going from leg to leg, the finish line, and then the, the next starting line's in the city across. And instead of having them go a buck ten down the freeway where they're going to kill somebody or themselves or animals or whatever it might be. They're going to just start the leg, bust them down, or slowly drive them down altogether mm-hmm. to the starting point for the next race. Okay. The next leg of the race. Uh, some of it, there's just weird little rules to it. It's kind of like the Baja, except that, yeah, there's a lot more of that non-timed locations or, or legs of the race. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was interesting, though. I was looking at it, and I mean, American has been on top for some portion of this year's Dakar so far on bikes. That's uh, not entirely common. So, uh, Brayback's been doing well. Hmm. So, it's interesting to watch. I'm curious how this year goes. If I had TV, maybe I could get into that a little bit more, but uh, out in the boonies, that's not something really available. I like it. Are you a rally guy anyway? I usually haven't Baja watched Baja and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I could get into it, but we didn't. I, I didn't have anybody that was really into it growing up. Growing up, I was always into the cars and the trucks from them. And I've gotten more and more into the motorcycles, understanding how different. All, all I know is you have multiple at your desk. 
That's right. Yeah, yeah. Everyone needs a trophy. Your matchboxes. They're all Hot Wheels, Brad. We don't do matchboxes in this nah. uh, this side of town. I've seen you with a matchbox. And I want to trade to the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no. What else did you read, Brad? Anything else? I haven't really had a lot uh, going on. I've been looking forward to getting on to working more on my bike on the KLR. Need to need to wait till after tax season. I'm going to have a little bit of a return and put some money into the top end of that. Of like likely be able to go on one of these trips with you guys. But I'm I'm thinking I need a bigger bike depending on what we do. Yeah, that's not necessarily true. Guys, two are on less. I know here pretty soon we're going to be going out and sitting down with the group of guys and trying to figure out where we want to go. Thursday we've got our planning event for this year's Slacker Moto Ride. Sure. Should be good. We'll figure it out. And uh, so far we've had a few options. Some people want to go up north, maybe hit Vancouver Island, maybe do the Puget Sound. Yeah, yeah. Maybe go. Which would be cool. I've heard some good things. Yeah, I think it's beautiful up there. I've yeah. never been further north than Nanaimo or Sydney. If you want to spend time Vancouver on a ferry. Island. That's the problem. I don't, I don't know what that cost would be, nor do I. I don't think it'd end up being too bad, but I'm sure there's an associated cost that's yeah. not $2. Yeah, it would roll in. But uh, there's another talk of going southeast Portland, kind of near Steens Mountains. Southeast Portland, really? Southeast Oregon, whatever. Okay. So back to my hometown back area. Back to your home. Yeah, your neck of the woods. Yeah. So that would work for you, hopefully. That we'll would be pretty awesome. All kinds of places. I, yeah. I, I don't know. There was talk of the Sierra Nevadas, kind of Northern California area. Oh, really? Okay. Hit up some of that. So we'll see. There's, I think those are the three proposals that have been loud so far. I'm sure a few other little things will come in at dinner. Seemed like a pretty good uh, amount of people that are getting interested in this that have accepted the invitation. Yeah, uh, accepted is, I guess, debatable. But. In the same way that shown, they usually accept. Yeah. Shown interest, yes. Okay. We should have a, a pretty good number. I imagine we'll have six to eight, like most years. Okay. Riders go. Okay. So it's a pretty good, pretty good tour. Last few years, what, this is this will be year four. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. It's been, I've seen and done, you know, motorcycle trips and roads and different events and places that we've been that I've never, uh, never really done, especially by bike before, so. This will be a good one. I'm excited to see where we go this year, see how whatever decides, and then we'll plan it out. I, t- I tend to over-plan, so it'll probably be, you know, nightly stays already prepared and mm-hmm. what we plan to do for dinner and so on and so forth. Because that's kind of how I roll. But I like to know what's going on before it starts. Everything in between, we can do whatever we want. But i got to know where we're going to be at the end of the night. Well, that's what drives up the cost. It really does, I think. If you, you- don't know... Well, it, you need to plan for that, right? You need yeah. to understand how yeah. much. If you're, you're trying to do it within a certain budget, yep. and we all typically are. Usually, it's a pretty inexpensive trip as trips go. I mean, the first year we went to the Redwoods, did three mm-hmm. days at Redwoods. But that was all camping? All camping. And it, the whole trip, gas, food, and everything was under 100 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. For Which is 1,500 miles good. of driving. Yeah. Of riding. It was pretty incredible. For a three-day trip? Three-day trip. Yeah. Yeah. We did about 500 miles a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was a bit crazy, but we saw everything in a long That's weekend. That's not the. I think those are the longest days that I've heard of. Yeah, the the two and four. But it's not uncommon for you and this group to no. go on several or four hundred mile days or three hundred miles. Not necessarily. No, the year after we went and did all the national parks in Utah. Sure. Uh, including Grand Canyon in Arizona, 
And that to get there was a couple of 500 plus mile days to get to Utah and then mm-hmm. two to 300 miles per day of cruising for the, you know, the seven to was eight, eight days in between. And then another couple 500 mile days back. Last year's wasn't too bad. I think it was 350 was our longest day, but wasn't terrible. So we tried to keep it. Last year's pace was enough that no one was tired. Everyone could have sure. kept going. But at the same point when it was over, we all wanted to talk about it and have a good time and stop for lunch all together on the way back. And I think that works out. 350, about 350 miles a day is pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Easy, easy to do. You can take detours and see different things and stop for pictures and stop to see stuff and mm-hmm. not feel like you're losing the whole day. Well, I think it's nice that we live in an area where you can travel 350 miles and you can see a lot. There's a lot for you to do. It's not like I need to be able to go 500 miles before I'm finally in an area where it's fun to ride. I'm in the twisties. I'm in the country that I want to see. So it helps. It does. There's there's a handful of things I'd like to see that that aren't necessarily that way. There's okay. another, you know, I'd like to go to Glacier National Park. I'd like to go to Banff. Up in Canada, yeah, yeah, yeah we fun. talked about that. We should have gone when they had the free parks oh, passes. Man, we could have got in. We could have saved twenty bucks. A yeah, I, I got one shipped to me, but I didn't oh, did use you? it for anything. Oh, yeah, that's too bad. yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of yeah, a lot of things like that that we could we could plan. But those are the kinds of that you have to kind of put a five hundred day there and back to get the the ride going. I mean, unless you want to take extra day, you can go the long way anywhere. Mm-hmm. But that's always a long vacation if you don't. To, you know, use one or two of those days to just put some miles down. So it's a it's an interesting gamble. Sure, it's always what makes it fun for planning for me. It's kind of figuring out how we can fit it all in between everybody's schedules and everybody's budget. And usually, we'll end up with a couple people staying at different hotels because mm-hmm. either the camping or the hotel options aren't quite to the quality of some. Would you ever consider flying somewhere and renting a motorcycle? We're talking about these long trips where you have to travel so many miles before you're even to the destination of choice. I mean, getting there could be half the fun, but at times, where do you draw the line and say that I'm going to do something different? I'm going to ship my bike or I'm going to fly there and I'm going to rent a bike. The rental cost is so high. I struggle with that. I mean, it's pretty hard to get a rental under $100 a day. You're still going to pay all the same expenses mm-hmm. for fuel and, you know, nightly expenses and whatever else. You know, for a good bike, you're probably looking at, what, a buck fifty a day? Yeah, but I mean, so is it Eagle Riders, one of the yeah. companies where you can do the rental? You can actually do a membership, and then that gets you so many days and then so many free days as well. I mean, does that play in? Would that be a time where you would consider doing it? Because, I mean, it definitely brings down the cost significantly. I think the biggest out-of-pocket cost potentially would be your insurance. I mean, that's where you have to have a card available to put $2,000 on or something like that. Sure. Where they, they charge it, and then if the bike comes back, fine, you get you get the credit. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's my biggest concern is costs on rentals. I'm not a rental fan in general. Yeah. Obviously, there's times you got to do it for business trips and whatnot, but... I know you tried to get that approved. Yeah, I did try to see. I would definitely sign up for a a service like that if if my monthly rentals paid for the fee and the company would cover it. Sure. But apparently there's some liability concerns and safety issues with riding motorcycles being covered by the. Oh, I think it's because of all those uh, you you know people driving around with telephones in their hands, cell phones in their hands. It was an interesting article that you brought up. 
talking about how fatalities have decreased due to the implementation of laws and regulations around cell phone use. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I, I have a hard time with people who do applied research. So they're, they're very biased. So, so if, if, I do, if you and I do research, and we're not trying to get anything out of it, we're just researching the fatalities around uh, on the road with motorcycles and other cars. We have, we're not going to write a report. We're not going to make any assumptions off it. We're just going to write down all the facts. And then somebody else takes that information and utilizes it. That's one thing. I think there's some credibility with that. But you and I doing something to prove our own point, our own research to prove our own point, I think that was my only concern with the article. It sounds like you're saying correlation is not causation. That's correct. I agree. Uh, There's so many changes that have been made in the last 10 years Mm -hmm. with regards to vehicle safety and automatic braking and lane sensing and whatever else that help keep vehicles from getting in accidents, which agree with it or not, have definitely saved lives. I struggle to see that the only thing that has caused this reduction in motorcycle fatalities is cell phone loss. Well, and one thing that they didn't even correlate to it was what is how many motorcycle riders do we have now compared to when that started in 2005, sure. I think, was the first year. Yep. Because we already know that we're having a drop-off on number of motorcycles sold, at least. Yep. So how does that how does that all correlate? I think it was very narrow. Let's look at this one area and see how many fatalities. We're going to look at fatalities, and we're going to compare it to the severity of cell phone laws in each state. Which may correlate, and it may be perfectly fine, and I can understand that it probably has something to do with it. I agree. I'm sure. But to say that's solely the only reason, that was the only concern I had with the article is I, I don't like seeing something where they don't take all the variables into account. And I don't – so riding a bike, I'm super aware of people on their phones and always legitimately afraid of them mm-hmm. because they're not paying full attention. And whether that means they're next to me and they're probably not going to rear end me, but they might rear end the guy in front of them and to avoid that swerve into me. Mm-hmm. Right, that that danger is more than just who's in right. front or behind them. Situational awareness is very important on a motorcycle, yes. and I think that's one so, thing that needs to be taken into account. But I, I've noticed since these laws, and so you know, we're in the Oregon, Washington, Northwest area, and both states, uh, no, Oregon more specifically has a severe, active law mm-hmm. where it's not passive, where they will actively pursue someone on their cell phone and write them a ticket. Mm-hmm or fine or impound or whatever needs to happen for the way that they're driving. Washington is a passive law still. You can be on your phone, and unless you're getting pulled over for something else, you're not going to get a ticket for it. Okay. Now, I live on the border of the two states, therefore it's you basically the same law. Yeah. No, but it's basically the same law. Everyone oh, that okay. lives on the border knows that, you know, that that change in mentality and use of phone in a vehicle has spread across the border right. because there's enough time so spent in Oregon yes. yeah, that you're not going to, if you're used to doing it, you're going to get a ticket in Oregon. Sure. Therefore, you're not going to do it. And if you're not going to do it, you might as well not do it in Washington. Right. Right. You're, um, there's not a switch that clicks and you're like, no, immediately yeah, exactly. I'm play with my phone. So that, that's exactly what I'm saying. On my motorcycle, I'm going to play with my motor, no. my phone. Right. It's been known to happen with people like you. Yeah, sure. But, uh, or me. But it's one of those things that I, I don't know that I've seen less people on their phones as I've you know, done my best to be incredibly vigilant riding. But there was a very steady increase of people screwing around on their phones 
prior to that law. That's fair. Every year it was significantly agree. worse. You'd look around and everyone was on their friggin' phone. And it would drive me But nuts. I think some of that has less to do with the laws and more to do with readily available hands-free. That's fair. Right, because hands-free is not something all of a sudden new. I know its popularity probably increased because of the requirement. But it's also a lot more convenient, I would say, in most cases. Unless I'm trying to text and drive. In that case, hands-free doesn't really work when I'm... Yeah, so that's what I was going to say is the... Most people aren't on their phones necessarily talking. It's the texting or checking or doing the lap look. Mm-hmm. Right, and I realize no my one phone, can see. So now, I'm, no yes. longer am I yes. having my phone in a place where I can do it while driving safely. You can. I'm hiding it. Yes, you can be behind a car and watch them actively every two seconds look down at their crotch because yes. they're hiding a cell phone in their crotch. Right. Right. Oh, they're smuggling it into jail. Yes. But uh, you know that's kind of what's happening though, and you can see that from a mile away. Right. You see that guy that's. You're leaving a crazy gap because he's trying to quote unquote be safe, but really mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. Or that guy that's kind of not following right traffic, whether it's swerving slightly or just clearly slightly unaware of his surroundings. Right. But I think one of the things that you brought up that's very important is you've identified what those warning signs are. It's very clear to see who that is. Yes. yes. And and that's the big issue is you can kind of – so I guess going back to this article is I I struggle to see that it's changed that much. It feels like it's steadied out. I don't feel like it's getting better or worse since those laws are created. And to your point, maybe it's not the laws. Maybe it's just awareness that enough people have had been in accidents or know someone has been in an accident or whatever that they're like, oh, yeah. My cousin Aunt Susie's dog's former mom's And they're realizing, oh, this is a terrible idea. Was it an accident? They're being self-aware. Sure. Sometimes. I've driven off the road five times. I wonder if I should put this down. Those rumble yes. strips have woken me up ten times in the last one minute. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I should and pay I wasn't even sleeping. I was just looking at my lines. phone, right? Yeah. yeah I hear yeah. what you're saying. And so, I, you know, I don't know that it's the laws not as well. Not by personal experience, by any means. Yeah. But it may not be the laws. It just, there is definitely something that's, that's changing. And I don't know that it's a correlation to those fatalities. I think there's other things involved. I think a lot of it is that the vehicles are more aware. There's a lot of safety measures in the vehicles. Mm-hmm. There's, you know... Maybe it's helped. Yeah, and I'm trying to keep political opinions out of this. and I'm trying to focus mostly on the facts. But in a lot of cases, I think there's truth in not that self-regulation is more prevalent typically than trying to force things. But it depends. Yeah. I don't know. If there were no speed limits, how fast would you go? Probably the same speed that I drive now. Yeah, I'd go a lot faster. Would you go a lot faster on a motorcycle? Yes. 100%. Sure. In my car, I'd go slightly faster. But you're only going to drive as no. fast as you're capable of driving yeah. and feel safe within yeah. your situational awareness. I think that it's, I think, I think that you'd find yourself not, you may change in certain areas as far as the top speed that you'd be willing to go, but in other areas, you're going to slow down. I'm not going to drive 50 miles an hour through downtown Portland. No, but I mean, I'm just saying. If you wanted to drive 50 miles per hour, or let's say you wanted to drive 35 and there's no speed limit. And the guy in front of you doesn't know how to fast to drive because he's new to town and he's going 5 or 10. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be twice as irritated now because what there's no speed the limit? What happens in the fog? This is not a new story. What happens in the fog? You have people that drive 5 miles an hour and then you have other people that feel confident driving in the fog that are still wanting to drive about 35 in a, in a 45 mile an hour or 50 mile an hour zone. 35? That seems still too slow. I'm still pushing that guy out of the way. 
That's what I'm saying. If it's a 55, you're going 55. This is not. This is not like a theoretical. This is real life. That's what I'm saying, though. So these no speed limits. That's now instead of just the fog, it's 24 seven. So guy's not sure how fast he should go because he's never been on this road and doesn't know what that next corner looks like. Mm-hmm. So he's going 35 and a 65. You still have. A, you, I, I'm just saying. I'm too. It's a it's terrible associated idea, risk. Terrible idea. Yes. I'm out. I'm For a horrible reason, person. I'm out. So getting back into these regulations and vehicle safety measures, did you hear about the uh, autonomous Beamer? What point is there in that? Unless I'm going to say that I want my bike to go park itself in the garage from work. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to walk home. Why don't I just have my car, my bike, huh. ride its way back to the house? You don't want to just get on your bike, put a backrest up, fall asleep, and let your bike ride you home? I agree. I don't either. <laughs> I don't what, either. What's the point in riding a motorcycle if I'm not in control? I think a lot of it is... Do I want to be a passenger? Because you lo- we love riding two up, right? Everybody loves riding two up. Well, it depends who's back there. <laughs> As the back... In the back passenger, I'm sorry, but it's not something that I really look forward to. Yeah, it depends who you're hanging on to. All of it's relative, Brad. But Hot uh, tub Daryl? I mean, is that... Yeah. Okay. But I think more of it is just... The fact that it can be done for self-leveling, self, you know, keeping it upright. It's more of a safety measure. I think, I think they were just showing off the features. Showing that you could... Its capabilities. Yep. It's able to ride around like that old remote control, as it stated in the remote control motorcycle. On its own, and it's going to stay balanced. Sure, that's that sounds fine. It's cool. Sure. I think it's great. No, I, actually, I, I'm, I'm still... I don't, I don't see it, but sure. Oh, I don't think it's a, there's a market for that at all, but I think that it shows that you maybe some of the safety, some of the uses to keep it that way, keep it upright, keep it so it can turn correctly, some of those items that can optimize the drivability might be good safety measures for you know traction control level five or whatever it might be. More and more of these bikes are having all kinds of driving. <laughs> you know modes. what? I think that I would go with the Bosch like jet propulsion leveling. Have you heard of this? No. This is really a thing. So Bosch has introduced this capability or this jet propulsion packs on the side of your motorcycle that will level it back out if you unintentionally start to slide in a slick surface in the gravel or something like that. You start to go down, it'll raise you back up. I'm in. That sounds more exciting to me just because I can say jet propulsion on my motorcycle as opposed to self-driving. Now, I think you're going to get more looks like why why do you have self-driving on your motorcycle? You know, you could just buy a car with that and it'll drive you around and be in a nice environment where you can read a book at the same time. What are you going to do on a motorcycle if I'm not? I'm, I'm going to be, I guess you can look around a little bit more. Yeah, if you're on the freeway, set it and forget Super it. Super exciting being on the freeway because we all love to ride on the freeway yeah. for the views. You would more if you didn't have to do anything. On my motorcycle, I'm going to sit there because I can't play on my phone while I'm doing it. Why not? Just saying. Yeah, I don't see a use for it. But you were talking about all these regulations, and I was talking about this automatic stopping and all that. That's correlated. There's something on there that is telling it to stop due to what's going on if it's an automated vehicle. Those same measures that are in cars that are saving lives could possibly be introduced into motorcycles. 
I, I see think, that as I think, a benefit. I think they actually will. I think that you're going to have times where it's going to be able to Lane do sensing some or... breaking. I mean, just based on the capability and how well it's actually able to do it, there's a lot of benefits for it. I just don't. I For me, I love driving manual transmission vehicles. I love driving... Riding my motorcycle where I act where it's all manual input, it's not doing any correction at all. I'm okay with that. Enjoy it because in two years there will be none left. Then we won't have to have a podcast cars or bikes that you can control. We can talk about butterflies and they'll all be electric in 2025. I don't think so. I think we're a long ways out before we're all electric, and I don't even think it's going to be. What we consider electric electric automobiles when it actually happens, we're gonna be nuclear. Some of the same. It's nuclear. I wish I had a cricket sound I could it's tap be into. Nuclear. This. We're all gonna have nuclear power cells oh, between our legs. Brad. <laughs> so much dead time. Look at that. That's terrible. Terrible idea. So much dead time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. I don't so. know that I have too much. It's been a new year. What are your goals this year, man? Do you have any uh, motorcycle-related New Year's resolutions? Well, I need to get this motorcycle going. I want to get the KLR going. I want to keep it riding. So what's your long-term game, man? Do you want to keep it? Do you want to sell it? Do you want to get I think I'm going to keep it. I think I'm going to throw okay. it on there. It was on my, on my list of five motorcycles. To me, it has multiple purposes. It's not really big. I could see maybe going a little bit larger for a... Uh, on off-road motorcycle but not much bigger i don't want to go to the next step up to go to the kawasaki klr 650 which is going to be obsolete anyway right they're not going to have it in production this year they're going to come out with something maybe i don't know nobody knows anything but uh it's gonna i'm gonna stay with the 250 maybe go up to a 350 or something like that maybe eventually i could see going up a little bit but for the most part for what i was using it for that could be great i think it'd be awesome Keep it going and then buy another motorcycle. What that'll be, I don't know. Probably something cheap, used. Something I can just get on and have a good time. Spend a little bit of time cleaning it up. Hmm. Get on the road. What about you? What's your uh, resolution for 2019 regarding motorcycles? I have two bikes i got to finish building. Yeah? They'll be done this year. The ball will be rolling this year. This has been recorded. It is permanently recorded. Locked and loaded. It's a good thing you're not doing the editing to take it out. Yep. If there's an awkward gap right before uh, these comments, you know why. That was the end of the episode, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> no, I'll get those bikes done. I'd like to replace the Scrambler. It's coming on 30,000 miles. Okay. You know, I, the goal was always to keep it forever, but. It was my first bike. I've learned a lot. I've grown. I'm kind of pushing it. Yeah. You haven't had any issues what I can with, do it. with it. It's had issues, but they were all covered by factory warranty. It really isn't. It makes me. They're haunting you, man. Yes. It haunts That's me in my brain. Yeah. And every other soul that has ridden it or heard it or been around it. Has anybody else ever ridden your motorcycle? You just stated that. I've never heard of anybody else taking yeah, your bike for a has. ride. No. Okay. Let's see. That's good. Yeah. Dealership did when I went to go talk about trading it in. Oh, they did. You had to let somebody else ride. Yeah, it. I was uncomfortable. That was probably with that. tough. Yeah, I was uncomfortable with it because I knew they were gonna ring it out. I'm did you ask for his it. wallet 
has just driver's license. I need a copy of his driver's license. Yeah, you should. Yeah. That would have been funny. I, I like <laughs> should I decide to trade it in, I will definitely do that. <laughs> Turn that around on them. Yeah. Can I get a copy of your driver's license before you run with that? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, but, uh, you know, and they say, everybody says it's fine. So it's definitely in my head. I think I'm just looking for an excuse for a different bike. I think that's the bigger thing, yeah. I and agree. if I keep saying there's a problem or that I perceive some problem, my wife's more likely to let me get another bike. So, And I think you've heard, you've heard my switch on this, that my take on this, is that I've kind of switched away from there's maybe something going on to it's in your head. Oh, I'm really, sure it's in my head. I've been telling you frequently. Because it depends on the day and how much fun I'm having riding, whether there's a problem or not. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think it's just you want it. It's time for a new bike. If I'm, it's time for a new bike. Having a blast. You didn't buy the, the right first bike. I don't know about that's true either. I think we should talk about that a little bit more next time. I agree. We'll try to get a guest in. I think we've got a few people that have some words yeah, on this. Yeah, we've we've definitely had some uh, sidebar conversations yeah. that have been very interesting. I think that'd be cool. I think that's a good topic, and we'll see if we can get. Uh, some of the guys we know are involved in this. I think one of them in particular has a lot to say and doesn't say enough on podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, until next time, better get out and ride your motorcycle. Take it for a rip. That's right. The good weather's coming back. It's a beautiful day. Let's go. Keep the rubber side down. Mm-hmm.